Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Those those words, God's truth, God's promises. And uh, let's go ahead and get into the word. I'm excited to share this word. Tonight is a word I shared with Living Stones. And um, I was looking for a message to share with the church, and God stopped me. And he wanted this message, this word for this church. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you, God, for all you've done, Lord, and all you're going to do. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness in our life, Lord. You've always been there for us. You're a faithful God, and you love us dearly, Lord. And I pray, Lord, tonight as, as I stand here, I pray that I may be a vessel that you may speak through, Lord, and that you prepare the hearts of those that are listening here. For you have a word for them that is made for today that will change their tomorrow and forever, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this message called Things Promised. And... Um, Many things in my life, I've made promises to people. Sometimes I sometimes don't keep. And uh, even if it was uh, in my workplace where I've told somebody, I'll be there at 4 o'clock. I promise I will be there. I failed at that. And um, maybe I've even failed where I told my kids, I will buy you ice cream. Not today. I promise you tomorrow I will buy you ice cream. Tomorrow comes and there's no ice cream. And maybe I have failed. Or maybe you've had someone in your life that has failed you. And maybe you've had a loved one, maybe a father that has failed you. Someone who's promised you something. Who's promised you everything. And yet it never came through. It never came true. And maybe it was a relationship you had. And someone promised you the world, promised you everything just to get your okay, just to say, just to try to capture your love, and, and it was all a lie. It was all a fake promise. And uh, I tell you today that God's promises are different. God's promises are true. God's promises never fail, and they're for you tonight if you have a heart to receive them. And um, Twelve years ago, I made a, an amazing vow with my wife in an altar. And it's the greatest promise that I'd say we can make here on earth besides giving our heart to the Lord. And it was, it was a, a vow where I faced her and I looked at her and I told her, for richer or poor, through sickness and health, I will love you forever. Till death do us part. Nothing shall separate this love that we have. And it was a vow that I made. It's a promise I made. And I intend to keep it. Why? Because it isn't about me and Jenny. It's about me, Jenny, and the Lord. He is what holds us together. He is the recipe that holds our relationship together. Without it, that promise is just no good. And just like that promise I made with her, when you apply the Lord into that, into your life, it works. God's promises are true. And 
I want to read with you a story in Judges 6. I want you guys to pay attention to this story because it's a, it's a story that just, it, it really moves, it will move your heart on how God won't give up on you no matter how stubborn you are. And, and just to give you a, just a quick recap of what's going on in, in, with the Israelites, here they have the um, Midianites, and they are oppressing the Israelites. And they're, these guys were, were, the Israelites were putting their crops together, working hard their field. And, and these Midianites, they came and they stole, they came and they destroyed and this occurred for seven years until at one point they got frustrated and fed up, and that's it. This was their time to cry out to God. So you can just imagine how frustrated you could be. This is happening in your life. So here in verse 7, it says, And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites. Verse 8, That the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Now, Understand for a second that here you have the people of Israel. They keep failing God over and over. You know, you can just imagine how God must feel for a second where, again, they're crying out to me. Well, he didn't, he didn't just go and rescue them. He said, hold on a second. I'm going to send you a prophet. And he sends him a prophet in verse 8, and it says, thus says the Lord, God of Israel. This was the word for them. I brought you up from Egypt. Let me remind you of something. I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you out of the house of bondage. I took you out from this life of sin that you had, and even if you were bound to some addiction, I took you from that. Remember that for a second. Verse 9, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you the land. I took you out and I gave you a new life. I've given you the very best. Verse 10. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the God of the Amorites in whom, whose land you dwell. But guess what? You haven't obeyed my voice. You haven't listened to my instructions you haven't received my promises and believed them. And I'm going to tell you, if there's one thing that we fail at a lot, is that we really don't believe in God's promises. I'm going to tell you that again. If there's one thing that we fail, out, fail at a lot, is that we don't believe in God's promises. Because maybe you say you believe, but then you question how, God, how are you going to do that? Or, or when are you going to do that? So we give these hows and whens at times. And we lack faith and we don't believe it. You don't obey his voice. You don't obey his promises. You don't listen to them. And we fail like the people of Israel did. And we find ourselves in that place. So God listens and in verse 12, listen to this. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Verse 12. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him. This is Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. 
You see, the Lord heard the cry of his people. And the Lord went and chose somebody. And he said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. And I'm going to tell you, if you read all about this guy, you may think this guy's no mighty man of valor. He's no warrior. He's nobody. But God speaks truth in your life. He speaks promise in your life. And he says, the Lord is with you. Therefore, you are a mighty man of valor. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? See, the first thing that comes to his mind is a doubt that God is with him. Here's a mighty man of valor. Here's a mighty man of God that God is calling. And he's saying, I'm with you. But he says in 13 here, he says, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why then has all this happened to us? Why are all these Midianites just coming and taking and defeating us, taking all our crops, our cattle? It says here, and where are all his miracles? Where are all God's miracles which our fathers told us about? Where are they, God? You said you're with us, right? Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? He's just repeating. Look at this. Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Same thing he told the people of Israel. But now the Lord has forsaken us and deliver us into the hands of the Midianites. The Lord has forsaken me. This is our heart when God says, I'm with you. You say, oh, yeah, well, if God is with me, why is this happening to me? Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, in this strength that you have in you, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? He's telling him again, am I not with you? You see, go in this might that you have. You have this strength in you. I'm with you. He's not getting it. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Verse 15. So his answer is, his reply, Gideon's reply says, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? How can I do this? Indeed, my clan, my homies, my people, they're just like the weakest in Manasseh. We're like, we're just no good. We're weak, and you expect me to defeat these people. And not only that, he says there, and I am the least in my father's house. So I'm like, not only do I have like the weakest people, but I'm the weakest of these weakest. You're picking the wrong person here, God. And I know you're saying you're with me here, but like go to another town and pick somebody else because me, I'm not qualified for this. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, surely, again, I'm going to tell you the third time, I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. God will tell you time and time again. How many times have you heard that? God is with you. Don't worry about it. How many times have you heard that promise for your life? How many times have you doubted? Surely I'll be with you. 
and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Verse 17. Then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, finally this guy gets the point, then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. I don't get this guy. He now wants a sign to, to, to make sure that this is God who's speaking to him. I don't, I don't get it, but many times we do that too, right? God gives you a promise for your life. I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Trust in me. I will direct your paths. And you're like, God, I want to see a sign that it's you. I mean, if I was God, I'd say, I would strike this guy right with a lightning bolt. Done. That's it. But thank God that we're not God because we'd make a big disaster. Verse 18, God had mercy. Do not depart from me, I pray, until I come to you, this is Gideon talking, and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. That's our God. He'll wait for you. He loves you. He's not going anywhere. He's waiting for you. Later on in this chapter, he goes ahead and God does provide him a sign. Later on, he does gather up his people, and he gathers, he gathers up, think, think for this a second, 32,000 men. He gathers 32,000 men to face a million, a million Midianites. Think about that for a second. 32,000 has nothing to a million. I'd be shaking in my boots. But he was, all right, God, you said you're with me. I mean, and this is a crazy thing. I'm going to go with my 32,000 men, and I guess somehow you say you're with me. I'm going to do this. You show me the sign. It's got to be true. Fine, I'm going. It's impossible. This thing seems so impossible in front of me. You're promising me that you will be with me and that you, we will defeat the Midianites. All right, I guess so. God says, no, hold on a second. You're not taking 32,000 because then you're going to say that it, you guys did it. You're going to say that Israel did this. You know what? I'm going to choose 300 men. 300 men to face those 1 million Midianites. Then guess what? I'm going to get the glory, God says. So you see what God does here, and they, they definitely defeated because God keeps his promises. God, does, God never fails in his promises. He's always kept them true. And he's able to grab 300 men with one powerful God, with one mighty God to defeat a million. You see, 300 men cannot defeat a million. It's impossible, isn't it? It is. It is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, with God and 300 people, it's possible. And here's God's promise fulfilled in Gideon's life to the people of Israel. We go by our days like Gideon, doubting God and doubting his promises. And I'm going to tell you something. Tonight, I hope that you have a perspective, a different perspective to God's promises. Because I'm going to tell you this word, if you receive it and you live it out, it will change your life forever. God's promises will change your life forever. 
It will change the way you think, the way you live. Everything that you do, it will change it. It will change the way you treat your spouse. It will change the way you treat your children. It will change the way you run a business. It will change the way you do everything in life. Receive God's promises today. We're going to go through a few of these. John 14, 13. Sometimes we don't believe these promises. But he says here, whatever. Everybody say whatever. That's right. That means anything. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. When you ask something in the name of Jesus, he's telling you that he will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you get it? That's the purpose of God answering that prayer and giving you what you ask. It's to give him glory. But you know what happens? We, we pray very selfish prayers sometimes. And you say, why isn't God answering this prayer? Because you want it for yourself. Because you want yourself to get some glory. Well, you know what? If your purpose, if your heart, if your perspective of why you're praying is to truly give glory to God, he will do it if you do it in the name of Jesus. We don't believe that promise, do we? We say, God, I want a sign. It's not possible. How? When is this going to happen? Sarah asked the same thing. When in the world am I going to have a kid? 90 years old. When? How? It's impossible. It's possible. When God speaks and he promises something, believe it. Isaiah 41, 10. Sometimes I feel alone and I don't know where to go. Well, he says in 41.10, here's a promise for you. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you, he says. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All I'm doing is preaching what the word says. I just read this and I'm just, I'm on fire. I'm ready to conquer the world because these are God's promises. You see, we read them, we start to believe them, but we need to take action in them. But the Bible says faith without works is dead. You see, we can believe in them, and that's a good thing. That's, I mean, it starts with that. Let's believe this for a second, that God is with you at all time, that he's your God, and he's going to strengthen you, that he's going to uphold you with his righteous right hand. That's a mighty right hand there. But you got to live it out. You got to be so passionate about it. You're going to tell everybody about it. This is God's promise for me. He told me I'm with me. He told me that I'm going to go through this storm. I'm going to go through this trial. And I'm going to conquer it. That's God's promise for me. That's faith with works. You telling everybody about it. Telling your cousins, your aunts, your friends, your coworkers about God's promises for your life. And then guess what? When God fulfills those promises in your life, whenever the how and whenever the when, but there's a time where God fulfills that promise in your life, when you patiently wait for it, guess what? Now God wants you to give him glory. Show him that you're a grateful child and forget about it. It's over. He's going to continue to fulfill those promises in your life as you pray to him in faith.
Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. You come burdened before God? He just says, just come to me. This is a promise of God for your life. If you're burdened, you're heavy laden, like I just can't do this anymore, well, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. You're not going to understand this. Just do it. Believe me. Believe God. That's what he's saying here. Just trust me. Just come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That's your God who loves you. One of my favorites, Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know the plans I have for you. He knows them. You may not know them, but he knows them. Declares the Lord. He declares this. I know the plans I have for you. It's plans to prosper you. It's like to give you an awesome life. That's what he's saying there. It's not to harm you. My purposes, my plans are not to harm you. It's to prosper you. It's plans to give you a hope. When you feel hopeless, it's normal. Because you're supposed to find hope in God. You're supposed to find hope in this promise right here. And for your future. The word tells us not to worry about our tomorrow. Forget about the past and don't worry about tomorrow. Live today for the Lord. Live today with his promises. And let him take care of your future. He says he, he's, his plans to give you hope and a future is not for you to give yourself a future. This is God's promise for you in your life. Jeremiah 33, 3. I found myself once caught up in, a, in my room. All, I, was, I was a young teenager, and I was so passionate about God. And I read this verse, and I just started to sing out this verse into a song, and God gave me a song, a new song, just because of this. And I was so moved when God's promise came to my life this day, where he says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, and I will answer you. I was amazed just by that, the fact that I call upon a God, and he answers me. That, that was enough for me. But he, not only that, he's going to show you great and mighty things. He's going to show you that. He loves to do that. Things that you do not know, you have no idea. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those that love him. That's his promise for you. He's got amazing plans for you. He has amazing future for you. Trust in him. Trust in his promise. You say, I lack a lot of things. I work hard. I try to make ends meet. And I just can't cut it. I hear you. I've been there. I'm here from an earthly perspective. 
I'm going to tell you now from a heavenly perspective, uh, uh, something that seems impossible. But with God, it's possible. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's my God. Is that your God? That's right. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. In fact, he tells you in Matthew 6.33 to seek first the kingdom of God. Do that. Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. Do what's right. What is what's right? What's in his word? I mean, this isn't rocket science. Seek first God and what's right. Seek what's in this book. Look for it. That's what seeking means. Look for it with all your heart and his righteousness. And these things, all the things that you need, that you're asking for, all these things, he's going to add them to your life. That's his promise for you. You ask how, God, don't worry about the how. God's in control of that. When we start thinking about the how, it just it doesn't work. Just believe in God. When we say, when is this going to happen? God, when, is some, when, when are you going to bring me that, that, that spouse of mine? Just, just wait. He's got it for you. Just seek first the kingdom. That's all he's telling you to do. With all your heart, seek and do what's right. You say, I go through rough times sometimes. And I need an answer. Because this is tough. Nobody told you it wouldn't be tough. I wouldn't say this life is a walk in the park. But with God's promises, it is. It's, it's a walk we just don't understand. It's a walk by faith. It's a narrow path. It's a difficult path. It ain't easy at times. But with God, it's possible. And you know, sometimes trials hit us, and it's so hard. But God's promise for you is John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Listen, when trouble comes your way, don't be afraid. He's going to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. I just don't get it. You're not supposed to get it. That's why that verse says it. He gives you a peace that surpasses. It goes way over your head, your understanding. You just don't get it. I don't get it. You don't get it. Just receive it. It's not hard. Receive it. Believe it. Receive his promise today that he leaves you a peace, not like this world gives it to you. It's junk what this world gives you. It's different. That's his promise for you. There's sometimes that the Lord uses somebody in your life to give you a promise for you. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes the Lord will use someone to give you a promise of the Lord for your life. And this happened with Paul and Silas in Acts 16, 31. Here, Paul and Silas were in jail, were in prison. They were set free after praising the Lord. 
huge miracle took place. You can just imagine when there's a miracle taking place in your life, you just run out and you just want to preach the gospel to everybody that you see. And you have this excitement. So they went to the jailer, and the jailer was ready to kill himself because all these people were, were leaving the prison. And here the jailer said, uh, verse, verse 30. He says, guys, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I'm ready to kill myself here. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just, this is, this is, I'm dead. They're going to beat me. They're going to destroy me. That's it. I'm going to be tortured. They're going to kill me. What must I do to be saved? Verse 31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in him. This isn't a, a, some formula that you just try to have to figure out. Don't make it complicated. You just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. But guess what? Here's a promise for you. You and your household will be saved. And guess what? When he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and he believed in this promise that Paul and Silas gave him from the Lord, that was God's promise for his life. And guess what? He went home and him and his family were saved. When God gives a promise for your life, it's true. Second Corinthians one twenty. For all the promises of God in him, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen. For what? To the glory of God through us. You see that for a second? God wants to give you promises for your life, but they're not for you alone. They're for you to give him glory. You got that? God's promises for your life are not just for you to take them and run away and enjoy life. No, they're for you to run and give him glory. For all the promises, not one, but all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen, to the glory of God through you. See, God wants to grab your life like a trophy, like a treasure, so that the whole world can see how good he is. Believe that promise for you. That's a promise about his promises. When you doubt all the other promises, just go to 2 Corinthians 1.20. That's it. Write that one down. If you forget about God's promises and how, just go to 2 Corinthians 1.20. His promises are yes and amen. When he says something, he's going to do it. Believe it. And it's for his glory. It's for him. Joshua 24, 15. Here's, here's a promise I received for my life. I received for, for my family. And I put it on the post of my house. On the, on the top door of my house. And it says, at the end of that, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. This is now I'm grabbing God's promise and I'm proclaiming this. You see, it's so important that, yes, you believe in God's promises, but they're so important for you to confess them. That you can confess and say it to your family. Family, as for me and my household, guess what? We are going to serve the Lord. 
This is God's promise for us. I know it, I believe it, and we're going to live it. Make that promise for you and your household. And it's so important that we confess these promises. Even Romans 10, 9, when you come to the Lord, it says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You see, yes, you can believe in your heart, but you must confess it. And then you're going to be saved. See, it isn't, it isn't difficult. You just got to do it. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's something we've all done. And if you haven't, do it tonight. If you've just believed in your heart and you've kept God just in your heart, I'm going to keep him in my heart. I believe in him. Everywhere I go, I'm just going to believe in God. He's so good. But you haven't confessed and told him, Lord, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You are the Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. You died for me. I believe this, God, in my heart. But I also confess this. Not only do I confess this to you, I want to tell the whole world about it. I want to stand up here and testify that I gave my heart to Jesus. I want to go into my workplace and, and tell my coworkers that I believe in Jesus. I want to go to my neighborhoods. I want to go to my family, to my cousins, and tell them, I believe in Jesus. He saved me. That's believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth God's promise for your life, that if you do that, you're saved. If you haven't done that, I tell you, you're not saved. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Believe it in your heart and confess it. This is, this is one of the greatest promises God has ever given your salvation and there's so many of them there's thousands of promises in God's word and I'm almost done tonight Isaiah 40 verse 29 you guys have heard this you guys have read it But have you applied this for your life? He gives strength to the weary and increase, increases the power of the weak. He gives you strength when you're weak, when you're tired. Believe that. Verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even they get tired sometimes. Forget the older people. I'm talking about even the young ones get tired sometimes. You can imagine the older ones. Even they get tired, and the young men shall utterly fall. The young men that are strong, they shall utterly fall. Verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord, those who wait on the Lord, here's your promise. Wait patiently on his promise. He's going to renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall not run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but that's powerful. But you must wait. You're like, I want that. Well, you got to wait. Be careful what you pray for. God may just tell you to wait. But his promises is true. 
God promised the people of Israel so many promises. Joshua 21, 45. It says not one. Everybody say one. Not one. That's right. Of all the Lord's good promises, there weren't bad promises. These are good promises. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. You don't believe me? Just read the scriptures. All of them were fulfilled. And as you read these, this Old Testament and the people that lived here during the Old Testament, you know what their promise was? That there was a Messiah to come. And that was the promise for them. The Messiah came, he saved, he rescued. And now we're here living past the Old Testament. We've read the New Testament. Now our hope is on the cross and the victory that it brings us. That's his promises. And, and I want tonight that we, let's all stand, let's have the musicians come up. say, Kenny, I may not have God's promises fulfilled in my life. Because maybe truly I can stand here in repentance that I've given up on God's promises. At one point or another, we've failed that. We've given up on that promise. And I'm going to challenge you tonight to do one thing. It isn't difficult. But you must do it. It's going to be, it's gonna, you're going to have to work hard. But you need to seek out these promises. Find them. Look for them. Read them. Post them up in places. Put them in your car. Put them in the fridge. Confess them for your life. Grab them. Wrestle with them. Don't give up on God's promises for your life. Get on your knees. When God sees that you believe and that you mean business and, it's, and, and, and that your business becomes his business, he answers it. Anything you ask in his name. And I tell you tonight, That when you seek God's promise, you will find it. I tell you, when you ask for God's promise for your life, you will receive it. Believe that. I tell you tonight that when you knock on the promises of God, he will open a door for your life. Believe that. Here is what you say compared to what God says. You say it's impossible. This is what our flesh says. It's impossible. God says no. All things are possible. 
You say, I'm too tired. But God tells you, I will give you rest. You say, nobody really loves me. I'm alone all the time. God says, I love you. Receive it. You say, I can't go on. It's difficult, God. This doesn't make sense. I can't. I can't. I can't. He tells you, yes, my grace is sufficient for you. You say, I can't figure things out. I just, I'm trying to figure it out. I may be analytical, but it says, I will direct your steps. They may, be, they may look crooked, but I will fix them. Just trust in me with all your heart. I can't do it, Lord. Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I'm not able, Lord. Yes, you are. You're able to do so much. And God is able to do so much beyond you can ever imagine. Abundantly, exceedingly above we can ever think. Imagine God is able to do it in your life. God says, I am able. It's not worth it, you say. God says it will be worth it. You say, I can't forgive myself. God says, I forgive you. You say, I can't manage. God says, I will supply all your needs. You say, I'm afraid. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. I'm always worried. I'm always frustrated. Well, God says, cast all your cares on me. You say, God, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm, I'm not smart at all. He says, I'll give you wisdom. And with that wisdom, you'll make a plan. And with that plan, you'll have a victory. Maybe you stand here tonight and say, I feel all alone. But God's promise says, I'll never leave you. I won't forsake you. And, and, and I want tonight that this altar be opened so that you come to God. Maybe one of these promises for your life is something you need to receive. And this is an altar where you can, by faith, get here on this altar you can kneel down and receive that promise for your life. You can even bring your word up here if you want to search for a promise for your life. Seek for God's promise for your life. The altar is open. Seek for God's promise. Believe in God's promise. Confess God's promise. Wrestle with it day and night, all the days of your life. Don't give up on God's promises. He's a faithful God. And I'm going to tell you, if you pray with faith, you will receive. As we sing this song, you're welcome to come to the altar. Someone's going to pray for you. But receive God's promise. Confess it. As we sing this song.